Welcome to Pro Audio Profiles. My name is Brendan Decora, and each week I'll be hosting different guests, mainly engineers and producers, but also people from across the industry. Enjoy. On today's show, we have Jennifer Johns. She's an accomplished artist and an inductee of the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives. Enjoy. First and foremost, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I'd like to start by going over your backstory, if you want to share how you got to where you are. Yeah, um, I've been singing since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, my earliest memories of myself are singing in the bathtub. Right. So I don't <laughs> remember a time where I wasn't singing. Um I grew up in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. uh, and if you know anything about the Bay Area, it's a rich history of just diverse music. Mm. One of the things that I love the most about where I'm from is that you can't just play one kind of music. Right. You know, you you may be a soul singer, but there's going to be some Afro beats there. There's going right. to be some jazz. There's going to be a little bit of everything. And so I grew up singing um, in church choir. Then I went on to sing with the Oakland Youth Chorus. Um, and when I moved to Los Angeles um, for the first time, when I was 19 was when I began to start playing more with being a solo vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, singing was like my after school sport. You know, like I, I grew up singing in a cappella ensembles and choirs and so mm-hmm. forth. And so for me, it was always a, a community activity. Um, and when I got to LA, I was like, I got to figure out what my voice is. Like, what is this thing mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, that moves me so much? Like, what do I sound like? Um, and so I started playing with it here, uh, created a night called Pure Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about four or five years where I just gave myself the space and opportunity to shred mm. and shed and, and be in my process. And I learned really quickly that uh, my roots were fertile, that I'm a whole bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't have a one sound. I am the through line. Right. Um, so I think that's how I got here. Right. Nice. Yeah. So how do you, you mentioned working with different genres and mm-hmm. styles of music. How do you approach experimenting with different genres and styles and what's been the most exciting experiments so far mm. you know that's not an easy question to answer and i think it's hard probably for most musicians if you are really kind of spiritually led so um i don't necessarily approach my creative processes and say i'm gonna get into this genre right mm. i more am i'm gonna make this thing that feels good right. and because i have been murinated <laughs> in a whole bunch of things <laughs> um then you know certain kinds of drum patterns show up you know i've been listening to house music forever right so mm. you're gonna hear some house influences if that's where i'm at that day when i right. got up you know right. um you're gonna hear some some uh jazz right if that's where i woke up that day and so um for me the exciting thing is to try stuff right you know i, I am not quite sure what's going to happen when i start <laughs> It just happens. Exactly. Nice. And can you share a personal story about how music, yours or someone else's, has had a profound effect on your life? Wow. Um, My favorite profound music experience 
is when I was five years old and I heard We Are the World for the first time. Mm. Um, and it's my favorite story because I think that it's a really good encapsulation of who I am as a person. The first time I heard We Are the World, I was inspired because it was Michael Jackson, it was Quincy Jones. I knew that mm -hmm. they were like the sun, the moon, the stars. Like I just loved them already. And uh, and then all of these diverse voices and they were coming together. And though I didn't completely understand what all was happening or what the backstory was at mm -hmm. the time, there was this convergence of these different styles of voices that were coming together that were so powerful. And there was a choir and I've always loved choirs. Right. Like one way to make me cry is, is let me listen to like the South African boys choir. Like right. it's over. Right. <laughs> um, and so I, I loved this big wall of sound and, and I came home from, I would have been in like, first grade kindergarten I started young so maybe first grade and I sang the whole song from front to back to my parents right. and I was like da da <laughs> and they were like we should probably tell you why this song was created right. and that was the first time that I heard the word hunger hmm. and um, and it broke my heart like even as I'm talking about it I'm like oh don't cry like it really really broke my heart right. Um, because it was the first time that I understood that humans allowed for such foul shit to happen. Mm -hmm. And I was really disappointed in the adults in the world for allowing such ridiculous shit to happen. Right. And so um, I wound up organizing a singathon. Uh, <laughs> when I think about it, I laugh. I organized a singathon with my church and we raised $10,000 and sent it to Bishop Tutu because there was this place in far off place called Africa where people were not eating. Right. And um, and so the most profound thing about music for me is is that it's not intelligent, it's not intellectual, it's mm -hmm. a spiritual thing. It's a it's a soul stirring thing, and it can make people do things that aren't rational, right? And so um, I was able to convince people to sit in one place as a five year old for 24 <laughs> hours and sing the same song right. over and over and over again. And while we didn't cure hunger in the far off place at that time called Africa, right. we did impact food security in my community. Nice. Um, and for me, that is the most profound thing about what mm -hmm. we as musicians get to do. Right, nice. And you do production yourself. I know you produce your own songs and mm -hmm. lots of that kind of stuff. Um, is there any specific tools or technologies that have allowed you to explore new creative territories in the studio? Mm -hmm. Thank God for the people who made Ableton. I just want to <laughs> say, like, hallelujah, praise the Lord for whoever that human being is. Like, I really need to know that person's name. Um, I've been producing. I've used Logic. Um, I use my body. I use myself. Um and I am fortunate enough to have had really awesome bands that I'm able to mm -hmm. create sketches. And that has been a lot of my practice has been, I've created something, I take it to my musicians, you know, right. they create from there. Um, but Ableton, as of late, especially as I have been returning kind of my own personal Sankofa moment, going back to grab my electronic roots and pulling it mm -hmm. forward into um, the live elements, leveraging uh, Ableton with my live elements has been right. really powerful. Nice. For sure. Nice. So how do you balance the use of technology while maintaining authenticity in your music? Mm. I think technology is um, 
technology is our friend. Like in this moment, in this time right now, as we're talking about AI and um, folks are scared of technology, mm -hmm. I think technology used well is an extension of us, right? And so I don't think that I really have to balance between remaining authentic and using technology. I think technology is authentic. You right. know, I think technology was made for us to be able to do more. And mm -hmm. so as long as I put my spirit in it, then it's all the same. Right. That's how I feel. Yeah. And can you discuss a time when you felt your cultural identity was challenged or celebrated through mu your music? Mm. By others? Either. Yeah. Either. Um, I think my cultural identity is celebrated in everything that I do for me, from me. Um, I show up as me. <laughs> right, <laughs> and and my cultural identity is being a Black American, is being hip hop. Um, in this musical journey, in many ways, my cultural identity as hip hop um, has superseded my experience as being a, a Black musician. Mm. Um, and so, I think that uh, my cultural identity is is celebrated in um, the way that I show up. Um, I recently got the incredible honor of being inducted into the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives. Nice, congrats. Um, thank you. And uh, so that would definitely be a moment where I felt like I was celebrated culturally. Yeah. That awesome. meant a lot to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. And when it comes to the studio, how do you like the studio environment to be set up to help you reach your creative peak? You know... I'm a better live recording artist from my perspective. Okay. So my studio, my favorite studio experience is when I get to transform a venue into a studio. Right. Um, I got to sing on a song with Michael Franti um, some years back and the room was really big. Okay. And I got to sing on, you know, a stage mic, you know, mm -hmm. a sure, right? And... I got to move around the way that I feel, right. right? So my favorite environment is when it's open space, it's big, I can dance around, I can mm. be fully embodied. Um, I am not a huge fan of standing in the cans and having to stand still. Like, I just am not good at it. I don't <laughs> right. like that shit. Right. So for me, I like environments that are open, that are bright, yeah. that are you know filled with good energy and good people. Um, when I am in a... Um, conventional or typical or what we think of as a normal studio environment mm. um again i like plants i like it right. to smell good um i like to have pictures of people and things that i love in that mm -hmm. space oftentimes studios are really like dark and kind of flat and that's right. the function right is yeah. is that it needs to be kind of a one-size-fits-all type of vibe yes. and I really um, am grateful. I record at Trap Heels. Damon does an excellent job of making sure that there are like really awesome candles, specifically mm -hmm. the ones that say Aquarius <laughs> on it, because I'm an Aquarius <laughs> and so it makes me feel at home. Nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. And uh, can you discuss a time when you faced creative block or anxiety in the studio and what, what helped you overcome that hurdle? Fucking often. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you're a real musician, that shit happens on the regular. Like, yeah. you know, um, but you just keep going. Like, I tell people all the time, 
there have been bodies of work that no one will ever hear. And they're complete mm-hmm. bodies of work. Yeah. And they're shitty. <laughs> they're fucking awful. They're horrible from the beginning to the end. They're right. bad. But they're excellent. They're great because yeah. it was a stepping stone to the next thing that I did that was really, really, that I really love, that right. I'm really, really proud of. And so um, how do I get over it? I just keep going. Mm-hmm. The other is that I'm a multidisciplinary artist. And so fortunately, if I'm frustrated as a musician, but I need to get an emotion out, I can turn to drawing. I can turn to painting. Right. I can turn to, to writing. And um, the more years I've put on this life the more that i know to not push mm-hmm. with music um it's my first language it's my first love and right. so i want to treat her like my first love right. i want to treat her sweet and be kind to her um and uh it's not that i'm not kind to my painting so that i'm not kind <laughs> with my other art but there's a way that i feel like i can be a different kind of aggressive in those mediums mm-hmm. whereas with music i feel like um the way that my spirit shows up in that space deserves a particular brand of reverence right. that um, that I yeah. give to her. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And can you share a story about a song where you felt truly captured the emotion you wanted to convey? Mm. I'd say anything that I've let humanity hear has captured the <laughs> <laughs> emotion that I'm meant to convey. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think... There's a song that I have that I haven't released yet called Dreamers that um, I wrote as the as California and Oregon were on fire. We were in the middle of uh, COVID and I wanted to remind humanity, I, I wanted to remind myself mm-hmm. that we create what we imagine. Right. And, and much of what I create as a musician, as a writer... Um, is really towards the end of reminding myself and humanity that we have agency, that we can Mm -hmm. create what we imagine. And so I'd say that Dreamers might be that, but then Ghetto International, you know. Yeah, anything I've let humanity hear (laughs) captures my feelings. There you go. Nice. I just want to take a quick break and tell you about my free snare guide. In it, I go over all my techniques. From drum choices, microphone placement, tuning, even mixing techniques. Check it out now at brandondecora.com slash huge snare. And now, back to the show. How do you maintain your artistic vision while staying open to the guidance and and expertise of producers and engineers? Mm. As a woman producer in particular, Mm -hmm. um... I have learned that I have to create really strong boundaries, right? right? That I have to be like, hey, this is my vision. This is what I see, right? Mm. Um, And in my younger creative spaces, I wouldn't say that I felt looking back and even in the time Mm -hmm. that I was honored 
in my creative space as much, right? right. Um, a lot of jacking of my vocals or jacking of my concepts or right. jacking of my production without my name on it, that type of thing, mm -hmm. definitely happened early on in my career. And mm -hmm. so I definitely have become more protective of my space. Right. Um, the blessing is, is that I became a badass producer though, yeah. right? Like <laughs> as a result of it, like I've learned how to do right. what I love to do for myself. And when I'm on stage and live, forever like i was saying before music was a contact sport it was my after school sport so like right. when i perform in an ensemble space um i don't even i wouldn't even call it gracious i would just say that like i'm open and i anticipate and expect that everybody that i'm creating with is allowing the spirit to move through them the same mm -hmm. way that i am um but in the studio, I'm definitely in the creative process. I'm a lot more protective. And so I like to invite people in whose right. vibration I like to work with. Right? right. And then we're completely open. But don't be rolling up in my session talking about, hey, you should, you know, right, more cowbell. Right. Like, get the fuck on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and speaking of that, can you tell us about a collaboration that has taught you something new or changed your approach to music? Mm. Wow. I think since I've been creating um, in the Trap Hill studio, mm -hmm. there's definitely been an evolution in, um, in, in that sense of safety, really. Right? right. Like I was saying, it's not always been uh, my, my perspective has not always been respected in my own sessions. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in this space, there's been a lot of, just ease and mm. um, everybody that's around here comes with their own skill set. Yeah. And so there's a way that like when I work with you, that there's like a, an, an, an openness and you're also aware like, okay, she wants to go in this direction. I trust that process. Right. right? And I also know that you are, not just proficient, but like they call you a wizard for a reason, right? <laughs> so like, if you're like, I think that you need to do another few stacks of these vocals, right. we're going to pan it like so. I'm not asking no extra questions, right, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that yeah. Um, in general, I like to be collaborative. I mm -hmm. love being collaborative. I've learned that um, sometimes when you're too collaborative, people take your your sweetness for weakness. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I wanted to ask too, cause you mentioned, you know, you had a hard time in the studio with the mic, you know, in headphones and singing. Has anyone ever like, it's not common, but it's, it's definitely a known technique where you literally just use a 58 and put on the speakers. And if it's like, you're in a live show in the control room, full blast. Right doing the vocal take have you done that not frequently no? so next time we work together yeah, we let's let's yeah. do it i mean it's yeah it's not ideal sonically but right. you get such a great performance if that's what you're used to yeah it's it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter i think you know i think what has happened and you know this from engineers it's like okay but if we ever want to chop this or yes. we want to make remixes there's or any of those things there's limitations yes. right um and so the only time i've ever really done that for the purpose of a recorded record was mm -hmm. the one time I worked with Michael Franti. Besides that, right. it's been, which is why I love doing live records. Yeah. I just love live albums yeah. and I love listening to live albums, mm -hmm. you know. And playing I, with the band and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, you know. Exactly. It's a vibe. I mean, I even like doing live recordings of electronic music. 
Okay. You know, like you live programming and mm. live singing. Mm. Like I, I think that the live element, there's you practice so that you know what, when and where and how you can break your rules. Right. You know, and then you leave room for God to show up. Right. And speaking of that exact thing, what is life like on tour and how does that compare to the more controlled environment of the studio? I love touring. I mean, short of the part where like you might roll into a city and then you're there for like 10 minutes and right. people are like, oh my God, how was Rome? And you're like, I fucking don't know. No idea. Um, uh, but I love, I love tour because I think that the audience is another member of the band. Yes. Right. And so when you perform for a different audience in different places, they come culturally mm. with their own stuff. Right. So right. like I performed in Singapore, totally thought I was bombing, did my first song, completely <laughs> thought I was bombing. Right. Like Jeez. I was like, no one has said anything. There's been no hooping, no hollering, right. no none of it. I do the song ends and they're like, and then like all together like a choir they stop (laughs) and i'm like what the fuck just happened right which is fundamentally different than how they moved in malaysia which is right next door which is completely different than how (laughs) you know the shows have been in europe or in the united states and so um i love performing in different spaces because you get these other cultural experiences and then after the show you have a whole other kind of conversation like right. i had the most amazing experience um god bless and god rest gift to gab my very first tour um in europe uh we were in zurich mm-hmm. at this place called fabrique and the 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 engineers there they were you know kind of like you and like engineers like god bless you guys you guys are magic <laughs> special breeds like drummers and engineers and you're both right. so you little yes. quirky um, <laughs> right. but this cat was like check this out um i know that you think that you want to be loud you're not gonna because uh, hip-hop should be heard at this decibel. We've done a bunch of testing. This is what we know. And we know. And like when somebody shows up with that kind of authority, you just kind of have to trust them. Plus, it was their venue, so we had to do what they said anyhow. And (laughs) it turned out to be one of the best shows on the tour, and we played stadiums. But this show was really, really special. And then afterwards, one, I learned a lot about Mm. myself as a vocalist, about what I was overcompensating for, or right, based on the sounds that were happening. I could hear everybody better. And then afterwards, because I am of the culture of hip hop, this kid scaled the back uh, gate. Like it was like a 12 foot gate. This kid climbs up and down a gate to get to us. And he spoke German and Italian and some more shit that we did not speak at all. (laughs) One thing he did not speak was English. (laughs) And but he spoke hip hop. Okay. <laughs> and so he started breakdancing. Huh. And you could, again, this is another one of those moments where I tell these stories and I'm like, don't cry. But like, you could feel the hum. There were eight of us that were standing in front of our tour bus and we just could feel him right. saying, thank you. You've taught me so much. Nice. Thank you for healing this place in my life that was hard for me. Right. Thank you for, right? And like, we, all we could do would be like, word. And <laughs> right. and that was, that was the whole conversation. And nice. so, you know, tour is amazing because you meet people and 
they're as much a part of your human journey, your mm-hmm. life journey, your I'm healing from this broken heart, I'm falling in love, right. I'm, you know, becoming this thing as you as they are for you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're listening to your music and they're like singing your songs that got them through the right. death of so and so, right? Or the 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 new job that they got and mm-hmm. like this is the soundtrack to and from their work, yeah. you know? And they tell you those stories. And so um mm-hmm. And they become over time not just they're not fans, which is short for fanatic. They become <laughs> fuel. They huh. become family. They become, you know, a part of the the journey and the tapestry of your life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and how do you continue to educate yourself musically? And who or what are your greatest teachers? Mm. My greatest teachers are my friends, and they always have been, mm-hmm. always have been. Like, I've been blessed to be around really beautiful musicians. So, like, at this phase in my life, Marvelous She, which you are a part of, <laughs> <laughs> my girl Shani, um, Damon Turner is a huge influence on my musical experience mm-hmm. at the at the moment. My niece and nephew, um, who have an incredible musical experience, like the people that are in my family and in right. my life, right, like... They introduce me to new sounds constantly. Um, Mm. I listen to new music, but I'm often surrounded by such incredible, talented people that, you know, on a normal day-to-day basis, I probably hear more Damon Turner than I hear, you know, whoever's on the radio right now. Like, I'm hearing Damon over Beyonce. I'm hearing Shawnee over, you know, whomever else. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now... In terms of like what's in my personal rotation, like I love Hiatus Coyote. Okay, I, they're my probably one of my favorite bands. Um, I love um, Chief uh, Ajua Atunde, like formerly known as Christian Scott, mm-hmm. uh, incredible musician. I love um, Kamasi Washington, who happens to be my birthday twin. Okay. Um, I tend to listen to a lot of music that is instrumentally based. Um, I love Afrobeat. I love Fela. um, And I love Fela for his vocalism, but I really love the the music of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Cool. And what are some current or recent projects you've been working on? I recently released a project called God Speak. Mm-hmm. which is a bit of a departure for me musically. Um, it is a mantra record. So I took the chakra mantras, the seven seven common chakra, right. chakra mantras, um, which are simple in their mantra. I am, I feel, I move, right? Mm-hmm. And I added God and love to each of them, and then I translated it into Swahili okay. and produced... Um, you engineered that project it, you yes. did good job <laughs> um, uh, and so it's uh each of them are about seven minutes and for me it was something that i needed for me mm-hmm. and as i got into it realized that other people need it um i created it because i feel like uh black folks in the diaspora need the power of mantra mm-hmm. uh and we need the opportunity to do it in something other than an, an oppressive mother tongue. Right. And so that was that. Um, mm. I have a, a live album that I did in the Bay Area okay. right out after quarantine ended um, mm. at, live at, at the New Parish. And I'm working on a new album right now called Love Speak. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I like to wrap up each podcast with the same set of questions and 
You've inadvertently answered two of them already. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just skip okay. to the last one. Okay. <laughs> um, and which would be, what would be one tidbit for an upcoming artist you have? Do you. Yeah. Do you the way that you do you and the likelihood that you being you is going to ruffle some feathers mm. is high, <laughs> right? And if you're really talented, people will um, want to guide the talent as they would if it was their own talent mm. and don't let them, right. right? Like you have to do you the way that you know you. Only you can hear the way that God is speaking to you, mm -hmm. uh, the way that God is showing up inside of you, however you identify the divine. Um, and that's the only thing that you ever, ever, ever have to answer to. Right. Ever. So do you and do you in your time. Right. right. Like music is not something that you should get into for the purpose of being famous. Yeah. You know, they. I've heard this said a bazillion times from people who have been in this industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you can find something that you love more for a career, yeah. do that. Yes. For sure do yeah. that because the amount of spiritual energy that goes into being a creative mm -hmm. is huge, big, vast, colorful, right. big peaks, really deep valleys. Yes. Huge <laughs> valleys. You know, and so, um, yeah, just do you with love and uh but don't leave no songs unsung right like leave leave nothing on the table man like when you leave this planet make sure that you've sung every song that you've made every beat that you painted every painting that you were meant to paint don't right. allow any distraction um to keep you from you yeah awesome yeah. nice well, thank you so much <laughs> thank for you for having here. me awesome Sweet. Peace. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out the show. Make sure to subscribe for all the updates, and I'll see you next week.